Welcome to the We Build Leaders podcast, where we are committed to equip, develop, and resource local church pastors and leaders. My name is Darren Fisher, and I'm your host. Today, I'm joined with Pastor Eric Daniel from Hillside Christian Church. Hello, Pastor Eric. How are you this morning? I'm good. Hello, Darren. Yeah. Thank you for the privilege of being with you today. Yeah. Great to have you. Great to have you. Yeah. Um, and so for those that might not be familiar with Pastor Eric, he's currently serving as the lead pastor of Hillside Christian Church. Um, he's also... Uh, right now in his Doctor of Ministry program with Fuller Theological Seminary, um, and he is a pastor who is committed to helping raise up leaders um, through all kinds of various means. Um, Hillside was actually my church home for about six years, and so Pastor Eric has been my pastor for some time, and really honored to be able to have you here with us today. Thank you. Um, one of one of my favorite parts of your story, Pastor Eric, that I would love for you to share about, um, you know, with our listeners today, is that you became the senior pastor of Hillside Christian Church at 29 years old. Um, yep. And so I think that's really cool. You know, the story and the journey. You've been there now 20 years, yep. right, at Hillside. So I was wondering if you could share with us a little bit of that journey of what that was like, you know, pursuing that lead pastor position and going through that, you know, process at 29 years old. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, for me, it started in high school. Uh, I was called to ministry uh, about 17 years of age. I went to Bethany College. I really knew I just wanted to serve the church. Um, I, I thought I would be a senior pastor someday. I didn't know when, and, and I wasn't sure even what those steps would be other than just serving sure. as, a, as a minister. Um, I graduated from Bethany and then somehow, God's grace, um, I made the best decision, and that was to uh, work for a, a wonderful senior pastor who, um, and most people know, Greg Winschlag uh, was the, the person I worked for for about seven yeah. years. And he didn't have a paid position, um, so I volunteered for him. But what made it the, the best decision was it matters more who you work for. Uh, when you start out, then how yeah. much you get paid. Absolutely. And I worked for the right person and he really invested in me and allowed me to, I was a pretty hungry as a young leader, you know, so I wanted to grow. I wanted to, you know, take on new ministry assignments. And, you know, Pastor Greg allowed me to do that. He allowed me to grow. He allowed me to thrive. I didn't start as a youth pastor. I started as a college pastor, um, young adult ministry, and then took over Christian education uh, then kind of became a senior associate for Greg, and um, and I failed a few times, and I succeeded a few times, <laughs> yeah. and he just you know continued to love me, help me, you know. I, I worked for him for about seven years, yeah. Um, and then actually we were going to become church planters, but uh, the Lord kind of steered my wife and I in the direction of taking an existing church. Uh, Hillside was without a pastor for about a year. And we really felt God stir in our hearts to apply. And that's the only church we've ever, it's the only church we've ever submitted a resume yeah. to. Um, and it was, an, it was an incredible journey uh, yeah. within just a sh about a month and a half. Um, after they had looked a year, about a month and a half, they hired us as uh, senior pastors. 
Yeah, so incredible. And Pastor Greg is a wonderful pastor. Yeah. Um, and it's so neat now. So, you know, Pastor Eric, you also serve as one of our executive presbyters yeah. now. And Pastor Greg is also an executive yes. presbyter. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of neat now, you know, to, for yeah. you guys to be serving together on that body. Yeah. Um, and so, Pastor Eric, you know, when I hear you share that story, I hear so much about you know, faithfulness and just in the calling that God had given you, yeah. you know, I mean, serving to then have this opportunity Hillside, I've been there 20 years now. Yeah. Um, it's something I admire so much about you is just like Pastor Greg gave you opportunity, you know, invested in you mm-hmm. as a young minister, young leader. Um, you've been doing that you know, over the whole course of time you've been there at Hillside. Yeah. Um, even right now, you guys, you know, have an SUM cohort on campus there. I mean, yep. a good chunk of students that are a part of that right now. Yeah. So maybe I'm wondering if you could just share with us a little bit of, you know, what spurs you on in raising up these young leaders? Um, and even for yourself personally, too, in the journey you've been on, um, what has really helped you in terms of, you know, resources, practices, different things like that, that have really assisted you on your journey to, you know, maintain a high level of leadership? Mm-hmm. Um, gosh, there's a lot there. Um, I think one of the things that comes to mind is I, I often saw... Uh, Pastor Greg invest in people, and those people would move on to a new ministry assignment, and then God would give another person or would give more. And so, you know, we often say you can't, you cannot outgive God. Right. And I just kind of saw that in Greg's ministry. He would continue to give and give and give and give, and God seemed to keep giving, giving, giving. Right. (laughs) And so, I've tried to practice the same thing where I'm going to pour into people, I'm going to empower them, I'm going to trust them with ministry, even if they do it a little different than me, I'm going to release them. Um, There's a couple of sayings I've come up with that have kind of guided me, and one of those would be uh, to receive people with an open hand, uh, but also release them with an open hand. And um, that attitude and that posture, I think, puts you in a position to receive from the Lord because he knows he can trust you. And, and so we just kind of keep giving and God keeps giving and it's, it's been a good cycle, you know, and I saw that modeled, I think in Greg as well. So. Yeah. You know, I've, uh, I've heard it said from just some great folks around me that, you know, when you're, when you're pursuing ministry leadership, um, a good consideration is to consider serving leaders that, you want to become like, Mm. you know, not just who has all the great skills, but is this a leader that you're willing to be like? Um, I think that's such a valuable reality, right. In pursuing that. And I know for you, a part of that, like you, you, you're very intentional about your pursuit of Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen that in your life personally. Um, and I know there's some things that you've kind of made regular practice for Mm -hmm. you. Um, Mm -hmm. one that really stands out to me and I think it's maybe it's, I love who you share, but I think it's annually at least, but Mm -hmm. I know you take at least, you know, kind of an annual go away for three days in silence and yeah. solitude just to seek the Lord. I wonder if you could share yeah. about, you know, your practice of spiritual disciplines, how that started for you yeah. and how that's impacted your ministry still yeah. today. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a pretty unique thing I, that we do at Hillside. Uh, we go to a lot of conferences, a lot of retreats and all those things. Um, we do a lot of, you know, reading of books and things like that to help our leadership and to help us grow as pastors. But a unique thing that we do um I take the pastoral staff away every year uh, for a time of solitude 
prayer, fasting. We also fast as a congregation, but this is a time for just the pastors to get away. And I only allow them to bring their Bible and a blank pad of paper, pencil, pen. Um, they can't bring, you know, a guitar. They 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 don't get to bring. They, we shut off the phones. Um, it is just your Bible and the Holy Spirit, and you're not supposed to work on sermons upcoming. <laughs> right. Um, it is really a time to hear from the Lord, and I think this has been probably the key practice in my life. And those that hate solitude on our team over 20 years and those that love solitude, both um, would testify that it's been a key component in their development as well. Yeah. Um, times of solitude, times of quiet, uh, where it's just you and the Holy Spirit and devouring the word of God. I yeah, usually assign true. them... I usually assign the pastors, and we all read it together, two or three books of the Bible. So this last year, we read all of Genesis, and we read all the book of Romans uh, in those two and a half, three days that we were away. And then we have discussions about that. And um, yeah, we're just we're just saturating in the Word of God. We're saturating in time with the Holy Spirit, listening. Um and there's reasons for that. I, I can give a couple if you yeah, want. Yeah, sure, but, that'd be great. Um, <clears throat> the number one reason is, and I tell them all this when we go, is that as a as a Christian first, but also as a minister, uh, you need to be rooted in something deeper than yourself. You need to be rooted in something deeper than what people are saying about you. Um, as as ministers, uh, we're given more credit than we deserve. And we're also given more um, critical feedback than yeah, we deserve. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and, and so the good and the bad. And and you need to you need to be anchored in something deeper. And yeah. and so that time of solitude with the Lord and and just letting it, and the Holy Spirit speak to you, um, it just it just grounds you in something deeper. It grounds you in in a relationship with Christ. And um, and we need that as ministers. That's probably the number one reason. You know, just we need to be anchored in something deeper. Yeah, I I'm such a fan of the practice of the spiritual disciplines. You know, I know for me that journey began when I was in my undergrad at Vanguard. Yeah. Um, you know, I was actually in a spiritual disciplines course. Yeah. And uh I remember reading through at that time Spirit of the Disciplines by Dallas Willard was yeah, kind great, of the first book, text, uh -huh. you know. Um, big fan of Richard Foster as well, celebration of discipline. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to I think recommend that more often to people getting into that world of the practice yeah. of disciplines because I love Dallas Willard's book. It's written at a little higher level mm -hmm. um, than I think Foster's yeah, is, yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. So you got to wait go, wait, what did he say? Like I re have to reread yeah. Dallas Willard a little more often. Um, but that, I think is, you're hitting on such a great point. The, the, how crucial it is for us to be committed to that pursuit as we're serving in ministry. And I would say that that's not just for the lead pastor. Right. right. I mean, because uh, we have folks that are, you know, join us here. Some might be serving as lead pastors or staff pastors, mm -hmm. but some just might be the, you know, overseer of their kids men or yeah. role rangers or whatever program that they're serving in within their local church. Um, and I love what you're saying is being rooted as a believer yeah. in something greater than just you. Yeah. You know how vital that yeah. is. Um, so Pastor Eric, one of the things you've been so committed to, you know, not even just within your staff, but, you know, is helping kind of equip young leaders 
Um, and so I'm wondering if you could just maybe give us some thoughts on um, uh, maybe first from the perspective as a lead pastor. So mm-hmm. maybe we have some pastors who are joining us that would really like to invest more into young leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, but you mentioned something a couple times, like the freedom to fail mm-hmm. um, of kind of releasing and giving people opportunity, yeah. even if they might not do well. That's mm-hmm. a really scary thing, I think, yeah. you know, in pastoral leadership. So or if you could just speak to that a little bit, because you, I, I've personally seen you, you do such an excellent job in that world of truly, you know, inviting people in, building them up, releasing them, yeah. giving those, those opportunities. Yeah. Um, I read years ago in a book uh, that three elements are necessary to bring change or growth in our lives, development in our lives. Um, And I've lived by this uh, truth, grace, and time. And those three elements are necessary to bring change and development. Um, Truth. So, excuse me. So over the years, I've tried to devour as much information as possible. Truth. I've tried to be as honest with people as possible. So when I have a young leader or, or an older leader, <clears throat> I mean, we're trying to create a truth environment. Um, but it also needs to be an environment of high grace where you're allowed to fail. You're allowed to right. make mistakes. You got to be gracious with yourself. You know, I remember when I was a young pastor, I mean, I bought every book on preaching out there <laughs> and, and, uh, there was a classic sermon series that came out and I bought all these books on classic sermons and because I wanted to be a better preacher. So, you know, you, you right. have to engage in truth. You, you've got to engage in some information that you don't currently know. And, um, but then you also have to be gracious with yourself, uh, because it takes time. So you don't grow quickly. Uh, growth, growth and development takes time. And uh, it's true in marriage. It's true in pastoring people. It's true in your own development. Um, you, you have to engage in truth. And so you got to get people around you. So I, I created a committee that would help me with my preaching, you yeah. know? Uh, so I was reading books, people were inputting, I had to be gracious with myself. And of course they needed to be gracious with me. And then it's just time development. And, and so I've tried to apply that to all the areas of my life. And I've also tried to apply that as I'm working with young leaders, um, truth, grace, and time. Yeah. I really so, like that. Truth, grace, yeah. and time. Yeah. And I think it's important, right? To have, you know, someone that can speak into your life, the truth, right? Yes. You yeah. know, um, I, we always, I think we use kind of American Idol as the example, right? Like everyone loves <laughs> the audition part of that. You're out of yeah, here. Yeah. But you see people yeah. that are just terrible singers and their families out there going, you're the best singer yeah. in the world. And you're thinking has no one ever yeah. <laughs> really shared the truth with you, you mm-hmm. know, in grace. I think that's so valuable. Yeah. Um, Pastor Eric, I, I'm, I'm grateful for your leadership. I'm grateful for, you. you know, your investment. Um, you know, I, all the time, even when I connect with those who are serving with you, you know, they, they just speak so highly of your investment into them. Um, but more so it's, it's been your pursuit of Christ, I think, you know, that impacts the people around you. Um, and, you know, I hope for those that are, have been joining us, I hope they're kind of hearing some of your heart, but I love what you're saying there, even just that truth, grace, and time in terms of commitment and investment, Mm -hmm. that that's really valuable. And even just 
taking the chance, you know, yeah. on people. I mean, ministry is really about people. That's right. Um, and I think, I think you're really, we could probably spend a long time unpacking it, but you're really talking about that it's got to start with ourselves. You know, I think in leadership, sometimes we do have insecurities. We yeah. have yeah. our own issues to work through. So just kind of as we're, you know, coming to a close here, just wonder if you have any other thoughts for those who are joining us, you know, that, they, they know they have a call. They're yeah. trying to work out that calling. You know, they're not sure what's next. Maybe they're going to find themselves as the, you know, 29-year-old yeah. wondering about planning a church and then applying for a pastoral position or yeah. whatever, wherever they may be. I'm just yeah. wondering if you have just some final thoughts for those who are really working out their calling, those leaders serving, you know, for the longevity of their ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say, number one, um, I take Jesus very literally when he says, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to be your counselor. Um, it's not a Christian answer, uh, but the Holy Spirit is a good teacher. And so That's listen, good. lean in. Um, I could, we could spend a, a couple hours and I could give examples of how the Holy Spirit has helped me navigate leadership, pastoral ministry, all those things. Second, I would say, get a few people around you that you trust, um, a variety of people uh, who are ahead of you on the journey. And then uh, probably last would be uh, read some biographies. It is really good to see the life of a leader from start to finish. Um, There are a lot of boring days in the life of a leader. Yeah. And usually we celebrate one or two of their incredible accomplishments, um, like a William Wilberforce who, you know, eliminates slavery in England, but it took him 20 years. So when you read his biography, I mean, you're just reading about a lot of boring days. Uh, (laughs) And uh, I just think that's, there's so much about biographies that I could go into that are so encouraging and and, and life-giving for a leader. But those would probably be, you know, listen to the Holy Spirit, uh, get some people around you, and then you know just devour biographies of great men and women. I think that's great. Do you maybe have like a top two or three oh, biographies man. you could recommend? I know uh, you've read a lot. Well, you know, I just finished. Um, I'll I'll say the one that I just finished recently. Eugene Peterson. Uh, he's one of my, my. You know, I've I've got a lot. I've I've received a lot from Eugene Peterson over the years through his writing, and uh, they they came out with an, a biography on him, and. Uh, <clears throat> It was very real, and that was also disturbing at some level uh, because we all have sin we battle. Um, But it was just it was good to to see it in his life and and see how he dealt with it and see where the weaknesses were and and of course the successes. We all know him as the person who translated the Message Bible, right? But again, that was one moment in a life. Of, of some struggle. And uh, so anyway, that was a really good one just recently. Um, and then I just finished um, a biography on one of our presidents, um, U.S. Grant, uh, which was really oh, yeah. wonderful as well. So I read secular and I read, I guess, more secular, you could say, and and spiritual. So I, sure. I, I kind of read across the spectrum, you know? So, yeah. I just love that advice. I think that's great to read into those biographies. Well, Pastor Eric, thank you for taking some time. Um, I'm wondering if you could pray for our leaders that are joining with us today. Yeah. Yeah. Father in heaven, thank you so much for what you have promised, really. Uh, You would send your spirit 
And you, Holy Spirit, you've been such a good teacher for me. And I would just ask today that your spirit would be poured out on all these leaders that are listening. Um, Father, confirm your promise. Uh, send your spirit to guide us, direct us, show us the path um, as we develop our leadership and as we develop our pastoral ministries. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 Pastor Eric, again, thank you. Welcome. Uh, thanks for joining us at the We Build Leaders podcast. Uh, we are putting out new content every month. Uh, so thanks for being a part of the community. We, you can follow us on all places where podcasts are live. Um, so God bless you guys. We'll see you next time.